we know authenticity when we experience it. And there's different ways to think about it. We might think about like, well, if someone's authentic, it means they, they say what they want to say. They, they dress how they want to dress. And uh, that is a, a piece of authenticity. But that's like the surface of the water. There's so much more below that. And then it can get bigger, like the choices that you make in life. Do I pursue this kind of career or that kind of career? Do I go into a monogamous relationship or have a family or do I experience a different lifestyle that's more open kind of relationship? Like these are these are bigger life choices that are still coming from, you know, you. Um, and then there's something even more at the at the root of it, I think, which is like beyond the the surface layer, beyond the ch big choices in your life. There's like moment to moment, there is a way, there is a unique dance, there is a unique signature expression of life moving through you, you know, and, and if you can get into alignment with it, get congruent with it, you will feel more energized, more powerful, more expressive, more alive, because you are closer to that, that, that source of life. Welcome to Men This Way, the podcast for every man who seeks to live his deepest purpose in life who's committed to showing up fully and giving his unique gifts to the world. Because if not you, then who? I'm your host and fellow journeyman, Brian Reeves. Brian with a Y, Reeves. Men, this way. What does it really mean to be authentic? How can you know when you're being authentic or just being a jerk? And are you aware that your thoughts may be lying to you and actually preventing you from being authentic? Well, in this episode, my guest, Dr. Aziz Ghazipura, and I mine these questions and more for useful insights to make a meaningful difference in your life. Dr. Aziz is the founder of the Social Confidence Center and author of a number of books on building confidence and breaking through social anxiety. But truth is, I didn't really know what to expect in our conversation today because Dr. Aziz is a man whose work I wasn't that familiar with. One thing I want you to know, my dear listener, is that this podcast, Men This Way, is an act of service. It's a heart work born of the depths of my own soul's yearning. And I intend for it to always be a carrier of wisdom. And as such, my conversations with guests are honest, real inquiries into a person's experiences and life lessons, vulnerable explorations into the events and forces that have shaped their lives and mine as men. This is not merely a platform to sell expertise or workshops or books, although we will sometimes talk about those things. And I get a lot of inquiries from men and many women too to be guests. And I don't say yes to most of them because I treat your listening as sacred and my time as sacred. There are plenty of podcasts that dive into someone's expertise and the life hacks that they want to teach you. And we'll surely offer some of that here in, in these episodes, but these are wisdom conversations. And wisdom conversations don't always, or perhaps ever, end with firm, absolute conclusions to life's most enduring questions. Instead, a wisdom conversation opens up new doors of perception and possibility. They offer insight, and often they'll offer even more inspired questions to help light the path forward 
for your journey through life. Now, why am I saying all this now? It's because until now, I think through, gosh, I mean, I think we're over 60 episodes now. You know, I've mostly invited men or had men on this show that I knew either personally or I've studied their work for some time. Um, it's very rarely that I will invite someone who cold calls me or has their agent reach out or someone who I'm not familiar with. Um, but I also want to expand the scope of this uh, of this podcast. I mean, there's only so many men that I know personally and whose work that I know. And you know, the 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 uh, subtitle of this podcast is Life Insights from Wise Men. So anyway, I am practicing opening up. I have some filters in place uh, to help me make sure that I am uh, that that I'm inviting men uh, on here with whom I have resonance and alignment in our in our work. And so, you know, I, I was actually I was pleasantly surprised. I really enjoyed my conversation with uh, Dr. Aziz. He's he's clearly a man who is continuing to evolve and grow and deepen his own capacity to be of true service to the world. And I think you're really going to enjoy our conversation as well. Aziz is a clinical psychologist who serves people through his books, videos, coaching, trainings, and his own podcast as well to break through challenges around confidence and social anxiety. And like most of my episodes, we cover a wide range of topics in this one, though we center around the question of authenticity. What does it look like, feel like, sound like to be authentic? As well as what does it not look like, feel like, or sound like? So even if you don't think you struggle with confidence or social anxiety, I encourage you to listen through this episode. For this exploration around what is authenticity is an essential one for any man and any woman who would live a truly fulfilling life. Now, one more thing. My new book is now out, Choose Her Every Day or Leave Her, a guide for your journey through the transformational fires of love and intimacy. It's an anthology of my teaching stories, enlightening insights, practical tools, and secrets to creating extraordinary relationships. Secrets that should never be secrets. This is really the capstone of my work for the last, wow, I mean, I mean, two decades maybe on uh, studying relationships, sucking at relationships, not understanding uh, how to, what, a, what, a, what an intimate partner wants from me, and breaking through to, under, to deep, profound understanding about what intimacy is asking of me, what, in my case, a woman is asking of me, and what I'm asking of her. And so all of this is in, in one beautifully bound and buttery red book that you can now own as you continue your own journey to thriving in love and intimacy. You get free uh, domestic U.S. shipping for now while supplies last when you buy it from me directly at brianreeves.com slash book. You can also find uh, links if you're international on that, on that page, and you can also just look it up on Amazon. Um, the book is available more and more around the world, uh, so, but you can, again, find it from me and other links at brianreeves.com slash book. All right, well, back to my episode with Dr. Aziz Gazipura. Take a deep breath and stay present with us all the way through to Dr. Aziz's five key takeaways at the end of this episode of Men This Way. All right, let's dive. Dr. Aziz, 
Welcome to Men This Way. How are you feeling, man? I'm good. I'm glad to be here. I'm excited about this conversation. Thanks for having me. Yeah, likewise. You and I are new to each other. Uh, I'm really excited to get to know you more through this conversation. And as I sh- as I shared with you uh, right before we started this, I'm a, I feel I'm I'm gonna be honest with you. I'm feeling rusty, man. Uh, doing this, holding this space, been on vacation, uh, so I've been really relaxed and in my body. And now, but the thing that I value most about these conversations is is that we're gonna get real with each other. Mm-hmm. Yep, you up for that? I'm Deus. That's that's what I live for. Yeah. Beautiful, man. So uh, first, to help uh, our listeners and myself get to know you a little bit more, I'd love to hear about a significant event or experience in your early life that played a fundamental role in shaping you as a man. Mm. I mean, there are so many. Um, I think that there are experiences that steered me to, to be the way I am, and then there are experiences that were that steered me away from who I am. And it, you know, I lived away going opposite my nature, opposite of who I am for many years. And so, you know, but both are happening simultaneously. I think that's true for all of us. And, and I'm going to come back to that because that's an interesting point. I want to, I want to hear the story that you want to share, but I, I, I'm curious to know, how do you know, how did you put it in the kind of living in- opposite your nature, perhaps opposite? Or, yeah. You know, how do you know yeah. when you're living in your nature versus opposite your nature? Maybe t- t- throw that onto the end of the question. Oh man, I know. Cause I'm so, I just want to dive into that. I think that's a fascinating topic. You know, true authenticity is something that I am fascinated by. So we will yeah. definitely dive into that. But the yeah. story I want to share is one of those ones. It might sound so small and so eye rolly, but it is significant. And, and I, you know, just to give people a sense. So, um, it was, uh, I'm a, an 11 year old kid and I go to a new school and I didn't know anybody there and it's my first day and you know, we're, we're boys, we're 11 years old and you have to like navigate the world. Like, um, my parents were extremely, they, they love me so much and I have so much gratitude for my parents and they're. When I got to a certain age, right around that age, their their style was a bit more like like maybe a lot of parents like, you know, you go to school and figure it out, you know, and so it fascinates me now when I reflect on that, like the idea of eleven year olds sort of navigating the world, and to a degree we need to on our own, but sometimes I think there's a there's a push in parents to kind of like go off, you know, go be, do mm-hmm. things, and mm-hmm. and um, so uh, you know there I am, and I notice. Uh, everyone is wears uniforms as a little uh, Episcopalian school or something, and uh, everyone was wearing shorts because it was like a fall day, and um, everyone had these tiny little socks. All the guys, tiny socks, like they're <laughs> every single one of them, <laughs> tiny socks. Uh-huh. I had long socks. You mean like the you had roll up socks, whereas everyone was wearing kind of the 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 like that they don't come past your sneaker kind of thing. Or barely. that's right, exactly, exactly. Yeah, yeah. Now you might think of that and say oh, yeah. it's the most ridiculous thing in the world. It was alarming. I was anxious. Mm. I was uncomfortable. I don't fit in. You know, maybe someone even, I don't remember, maybe somebody made a comment about my socks. Mm-hmm. You know, and, and this is just the smallest little taste, but that was reality. That was a, a, a pervasive fear of I'm not going to fit in. And, and it was, the, it was the, the shifting off of who I am and, you know, and ultimately – 
all those experiences lead us to where you know where we are today so it's all it's all part of the great weaving of of our lives and everyone's but what happened is that started like a chain reaction of stories and perceptions of i'm different i don't fit in i'm and you know typically we don't think i'm different and better <laughs> we often right. think i'm different and worse yeah and so that be that, that little tiny moment was a was a snapshot of a of a multi-year expanding story of separateness and adequacy and and that led to major life choices about you know not dating not uh, putting myself out there in any significant way mm-hmm. and going further and further and further and so how do you know well i think we we're getting we're getting pretty instant consistent feedback uh, when we're opposite our nature and it feels bad and we don't you know at the time i didn't know that i didn't know how to interpret that information um now i do and that's what i help people do is you know we can the signals are clear if we listen but uh it, it feels bad it feels like anxious it feels like inferiority it feels trapped it feels all these disempowering ways and that those are signals those are signals that something that pain is a signal that something needs to change whether it's out there or in here uh, and for me it was both yeah but that, that was a pretty significant period that really shaped me in a what might say is a negative way you know limited restricted social anxiety and it was the greatest gift because it created this insatiable hunger for uh confidence and liberation that that is so big that it's way beyond what i can experience it became how how can i help as many people as possible experience this too and i would not have that hunger if i didn't have that suffering and that pain yeah totally i'm reminded of that 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 i don't know who first said this but your 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 mess is your message ah, your mess like is your message i mean i focus yeah. on i've been focusing for many years on relationships i'm focusing more now on on real men's work because i've been so screwed up around relationships and because i had no idea what it meant to be a man and i, I something you said at 11 years old, you were just thrown out there. What I, what I heard in that is in a way that I think, I wonder if a lot of, of, of men can really relate to this. Um, but what, so what I heard in you, say, in, in you saying that was essentially, I was basically told, go be a man now. You're 11, time to go be a man, take care of yourself, take responsibility for your own life, figure sh- your shit out. But Aziz, you, you, weren't, you were neither prepared for that nor 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 any rite of passage yeah offered to you such that your psyche would go okay yeah wow i'm a man now it was just nope yeah go to school figure it out yeah how yeah absolutely how how could you but flail in a sense and i think that is the a common uh path that unfolds for a lot of people in our culture or uh, definitely i know i mean i grew up in the united states so i know western culture as well um and in a lot of places, though, because I, I have uh, friends that were originally from China and sort of the, the schooling system there. So it's a pretty pervasive pattern. You know, what it leads to, it's it's peer orientation. It's the blind leading the blind. Right. And this is something I've studied a lot. We have small children. And just looking at that mm. balance of, like, how do you influence? How do you, you know, because I, I worked with people when I was doing therapy as a psychologist. And, you know, someone has their... 14 year old and they're like, how do I fix them? And, you know, <laughs> uh-huh. and, and we look yeah. at the patterns and it's, mm. 
the one that's the fixing is not in the kid. It's in the system. It's yeah. in the parents. It's in the family. Right. Yeah. But some of that stuff, and this is, I couldn't tell them this cause I'm like, well, you know, we got to work with what we got now, but I logged it for myself was like, wait a minute. Some of these issues started when they were five. It started like, if you are, I got to have dominance. You got to do what I say, yeah. control. I'm going to crush your, your autonomy and your will. And then you want them to flip and be confident and expressive and not have issues 10 years later. Yeah. yeah. You know, so, yeah. so I was really curious, how do we influence children? And one of the things I, I've studied is like, well, how do you, uh, you know, support them to have socializing and connection, but also not have that sense of like, you know, okay, you know, learn from your, your peers will show you everything you need about life. And you got the blind leading the blind. Mm. And yes, there, there's a time for that, but there's that middle yeah. period, you know, yeah. 10 to 16, 17, where like they, they need their parents so much. Mm-hmm. And there's this kind of cultural, you know, low standard of like, oh yeah, when your kids turn 12, they hate you and they don't want to tell you anything. And that's just hormones, you know? And I'm like, no, 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 no. I've seen families who do it differently. Yeah. And it's because of the, of this, this level of realness that they bring when their kids are five, seven, nine, that, that feels like they can talk to their parents and they don't get that like, well, yeah, well, maybe you should just do this and handle the problem. All right, I gotta go. You know, that hasty advice and just uh, really building the skills of relation, of seeing, of knowing. And then when, when parents do that, you know, kids are not, um, you know, of course, they go to school and they do stuff on their own, but they're not alone in navigating their lives. And that's that's the goal I have for my children. How, how old are your kids? Five and seven. Boy, girl? They're two boys. Two boys. Wow, man. Are they rambunctious? Yeah. Are they the rambunctious oh, sort? Okay. Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. It's uh-huh. just, it's it's like a storm of chaos. It's funny because they were out of town for about five days uh, with, with their mom and they went to something and I was at an event I was leading. So I stayed here and the house for five days was eerily <laughs> static. Like uh-huh. I'd leave a glass there and it'll be there the next day. The counters uh, yeah. were clean. I'd come yeah. home from work, the counters were clean. I was like, this is weird. I haven't lived in this for years. And then, you know, they come home and within like half of a day, <laughs> there's just messes everywhere. So yeah, they're, they're chaos in motion and I, and I love it. And you I love, love it. it. Be honest with me, man. How was it for you on a deeper level? Like on, on some level, was there a part of you that just absolutely enjoyed the stillness of those five days other times yes it would have been and i definitely you know i'll take i uh have worked out my schedule that i have space on fridays i don't have any appointments or anything and so sometimes i'll take the whole day off or have to have and i usually don't do it with family i do it by myself you know i'll go for a hike and that's really nourishing and i love that stillness and that spaciousness i thought i would enjoy those five days honestly i didn't i was in kind of like a neutral state of consciousness where I was just like, you know, working with like lower energy and mm. negative thoughts and stuff mm. like that. And, um, so it was just kind of like, okay, this is, <laughs> I thought I would enjoy this more than yeah. I would, but it's just yeah, kind of yeah. like empty yeah. and I've, you know, so and in another context or whatever that, that could have yeah. not been that way. And I, but I really anticipated I would have enjoyed it more than I did. Yeah. And I was actually really grateful when they came back. I was like, oh, this is, missed you guys that's right so. yeah that's really interesting and the reason i ask is is um i think this is something that i see a lot of men really challenged by when they're in relationship when they're in family i mean i run a couple different men's groups and um this is a theme that's come up for a lot of the guys and one in particular uh you, you tend to be guys in their 30s 
And by the way, Aziz, I just want to say there's a million questions that are arising for me. And there's so many things that in what we've already talked about that like little rabbit holes, I'm dying to go down and I'm, and I'm having this sort of patch over some of them because we just don't have the time, but I'm, I'm just enjoying our conversation. And, but I, I asked because this particular question, because, you know, this, this idea of readiness for a relationship and readiness for family and timing. And, and I think a lot of men are, will struggle with the demands of relationship, the demands of family. It's a lot of chaos. It's a lot of uh, content <laughs> to have yes. a partner, to have yes. children. And if you're not ready for that, if you don't want that, if you're not like, I'm 46, I didn't, I wasn't really ready for this until I was in my 40s already. And so I, I'm, I love your answer. I love your answer that you really welcomed them back, welcomed the chaos back. And that wouldn't have been the case. Like that's a that's a result of my own growth. Like I think you're absolutely right. There, there's a ready is interesting because you know sometimes when we're trying to assess our readiness. We and we never feel ready, you know, but right, right. there's an element of like, yeah, okay, as ready as I'm going to be. Right. Um, but then if you, I mean, people watching this and listening to this, people in your groups, they're already uh, growth oriented, which I think is one of the most mm. adaptable uh, superpowers that you can have as a, as a stance towards life. I like that. And it always surprises me when people are like, not that much. They're kind of like, I just do my thing. I do the same things I did five, 10 years ago. Mm. And I'm just like, my God, like, <laughs> you can, yeah, that, that problem's not going to go away. You can <laughs> so, but if you're growth oriented, that's good because when you have a family and you have kids, I mean, I think for me the biggest growth, if I could just distill it down to one concept or one thing, is intimacy. And I think me and so many men are stunted in our capacity for intimacy, and we got walls, and we got armor, and we got shame, and it manifests as kind of like I'm going to do my own thing. I don't, you know, it's I'm just independent and. That's, there's a truth to that too, but it's also about keeping a distance. And I see this in a lot of men, keeping a distance, not even in like not having a relationship. I mean, keeping a distance with a partner, keeping a distance with your kids. And, you know, it's one of those things that it's subtle and maybe no one even calls you out on it. And yet, and, and you know, and I've done this, we kind of compare ourselves to like, well, I'm more connected and more intimate and more uh, loving than, than other men might be. But what a, what a, poor standard like yeah. Why, yeah. why not compare and i don't mean this from a perfectionistic way people can take it that way that's not how i mean it compare can we compare myself to what i know is possible for me and so maybe i am more expressive and intimate and open with my with my kids than, than some other men could be but i know there's even more and it's not so that i can say i'm better it's so that i can experience the richness and so that i can contribute to them through that yeah. openness and intimacy and a lot of this is not even Oh, that means I say more, do more. It's like an emotional, energetic way. The way I describe it, it's almost like you're more porous. Like things go in and out from you more. Not just what you say, but how you are. And that's something that's that I've been growing in. And it's only in the, even in the last couple of years that it's grown. I became even more focused on that. And it's it's it, it, and it's grow. I've, I've I've experienced the fruit of that. Mm -hmm. And I think part of that is, wow, I miss them. I like being, it does, I don't feel this sense of like, I gotta get away. Ugh. You know, I have that sometimes. I'm not going to lie, sure, yeah. but it's like, you know, I get a three hour date with my wife and I'm like, great, I'm recharged. Like, let's go back into it. Yeah. I want to explore more with you the idea of authenticity, our, our, our nature, what that means. Um, and I want to just set the table for that a little bit. Um, 
because we've talked about adolescence, parenting. Uh, I have a, a guest coming on the show in a couple of weeks. His name is Bill Plotkin. Wrote a book called Nature and the Human Soul. Have you ever heard of his work? Mm-mm. Aziz, you got him, man. Okay. I like it. So w- one of the things that Bill, I mean, nature and the human soul, it's about the developmental stages of, 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 of people. Um, we were talking before we started recording about nature. You're living in Portland, your, your, your need for nature. I, I share the same. I just came from Asheville, North Carolina for a trip looking for nature. And, but one of the things that, that, I'm, that Bill made aware for me was that we don't know what the hell to do with adolescence. You and I were just talking about that a minute ago. Like in our adolescence, or as our parenting is just kind of like adolescence is just something parents have to endure, and kids have to figure out how to get themselves through. Mm. And I think this, you know, both you and I, I think we're in the work and of of helping men and women sort of graduate into an authentic adulthood. Let's say. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And so I'm curious, let's come back to this idea of nature, authenticity, the work that you do, a lot of your work. I mean, you run this this place called the Social Confidence Center. Is that right? Did I get the name right? Mm-hmm. Social yeah. Confidence. So you're helping people with confidence, with authenticity. And and again, coming back to this idea of, of, of being in your true nature. Yeah. I mean, this is this is such a juicy question conversation because i think so many men and women but you know we're we're oriented towards men in this particular conversation struggle with you know like even the question of monogamy is it natural is it my nature to be monogamous or is it society? i mean that's one of the timeless questions that i think men a lot struggle with mm-hmm. so again let's come back to nature what does it mean what are you really talking about aziz Hmm. Let's say being confident in your nature. What does that look like? And maybe maybe we could start with what does it not look like? Sure. That that specific path of the monogamy and is it natural? That one I have thoughts on as well. Yeah. I think we're really interesting. Um, not what's what is so like for everybody, but just a way to be with that that I find mm-hmm. very empowering mm-hmm. and a way that I see uh, men suffer as a result of that mm-hmm. inquiry. Endless inquiry yeah. that keeps them <laughs> static and safe and protected and not having the life that they want whatever whichever whichever path you choose now um but we'll, we'll get back to that i think in general though authenticity like we think of it as um it's kind of this it's such a broad term it's like love but we all know it. it's like love we we know love when we feel it we know authenticity when we experience it. And there's different ways to think about it. We might think about like, well, if someone's authentic, it means they they say what they want to say. They they dress how they want to dress. And uh, that is a, a piece of authenticity. But that's like the surface of the water. There's so much more below that. And then it can get bigger, like the choices that you make in life. Do I pursue this kind of career or that kind of career? Do I go into a monogamous relationship or have a family or do I experience a different lifestyle that's more open kind of relationship? Like these are these are bigger life choices that are still coming from, you know, you. Um, and then there's something even more at the at the root of it, I think, which is like beyond the the surface layer, beyond the ch- big choices in your life. There's like moment to moment, there is a way, there is a unique dance, there is a unique signature expression of life moving through you, you know, and, and if you can get into alignment with it, get congruent with it, you will feel 
more energized, more powerful, more expressive, more alive, because you are closer to that, that, that source of life. And what pulls us away primarily is uh, one level is, is the cultural norms, the cultural field. This is how you're supposed to be the roles. You're mm -hmm. supposed to be this way as a man. You shouldn't do that. You got to do this. You know, maybe you grew up in a household where they're like, you know, you can't art. That's not a man thing to do. So look, right. life wants to make you do art, whatever your art is, drums, you know, painting, singing, uh, maybe a man, you know, we, we had someone who was with our boys, our younger one. She's like, he is so strong in his body and athletic. And, you know, I think he'd be so good at dance, like ballet. Mm. I was like, oh, interesting. Mm. Now I'm open to that idea. We'll see what, you know, when things open up, what classes and other things like, but I could see in another family, a man might be a father, might be like ballet. Right. You know, no son, son of mine's doing ballet. Right. So it's like just that little cultural rule and all of a sudden someone's disconnected from their nature and then, you know, then they take it in. We take in the rules over time yeah. and we live by them. And so uh, there's the one is the, is the cultural field. And the other thing that pulls us from our authentic, our, our authentic nature is not, we can't blame it on the culture. It's our own like, human animal desire for comfort and safety, the status quo, predictable, stable. Like I know how things are. So we tend to settle into how we're living right now, even if it's not fully authentic because it's familiar. And I think to increase our authenticity, which increases our energy and our vitality and our sense of joy and all this stuff, all these good things, it involves exploring and trying something new and challenging an old cultural rule and kind of mucking around. And I think a lot of people are, are hesitant. Oh my gosh, I could lose something. Mm -hmm. You know, look at this life I have built up. Look at this money I have. Look at this. I don't want to take any risks. I don't want to take a risk in my relationship. You know, it's, it's okay right now. But if we start talking more authentically, maybe there'll be fights. Maybe there'll be an issue. You know? So, you know what? So we, out of that, that hunger to stay the same, we will uh, miss out on tremendous upside of a life that's more raw and more real. You know, so those are the two big things that I think yeah. in the way. At 11 years old, you, and probably surely before that even, the story started to get formed in you that I am different which means worse, or I'm not lovable. I mean, that this, I think the kind of a core yeah. wound is, you know, if you really know me, you won't love me kind of thing. You know, I'm not worthy of love. But I'm curious, so playing that out for a number of years, what was the turning point for you or what was, maybe there were many, but what was a kind of a pivotal moment for you where you realized, okay, this story or this, this experience, this living outside, uh, not true to my nature, this living disconnected from my authenticity. What did that look like? What did the bottom look like for you? Yeah. 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 It's a, it's a threshold moment is what I call it. Right. And there's the threshold moment and then, and then it's a journey. Then it's a process of many, many risks to be, to choose what is true over what you think will be liked or keep you safe. And, and you don't just do that once. You do that again and again in, in literally the smallest things, like how you stand. I remember working with a man who was uncomfortable standing fully upright because mm. he thought people would think, what's that weirdo standing like that for? Mm. Mm -hmm. you know, little, the smallest thing, mm. but that, that changes everything. That changes how you move through the world. So I had a threshold moment that, that came from, you know, uh, we, we get what we tolerate in life. And 
hopefully, my, my hope for everyone is that we reach a threshold of pain yeah. that breaks us out of that uh, hypnosis, that self-hypnosis. Because we're, we're, we're tolerating inauthenticity, we're suffering, and then we do all kinds of just insanity to keep us there. We'll, we'll numb it out. That's what I did. I smoked a lot of pot. I drank. I played a lot of video games. You know, like just we numb it out. We um, uh, porn, you know, whatever I could do to just kind of just not feel as much. Uh, we, we tell ourselves stories. I can't change this. This is who I am. That was a story I had. This is just who I am. Look at that person over there. They're confident. Look at me. I never was like that. It's, a, it's not a growth mindset. It's a, it's a fixed mindset. But anyway, we, we tell ourselves all this stuff. And the, the threshold moment for me, uh, I think the threshold moment like precedes the how. You figure it out later. You, you just launch. <laughs> you get to some, like, it's like the pressure builds, pressure builds, pressure builds. For some people, the pressure builds, and then they just commit suicide. Mm. Like, you know, they, they go down. They yeah. get crushed by it. Yeah. Some people, um, you know, they, 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 they go further down, and then they have to build for another while. But eventually, we get this threshold moment. And for me, um, you know, it was, it was sort of a dramatic story in that it was like one night. I remember I, I'd asked this woman out. I'd asked maybe four women out my entire life. I was 21 years old. Wow, and, and it took me like you know months or years to work up the courage to do it again, and I did. And I asked this woman out, and she said yes. And I thought she was amazing. And we went on a date, and after one date, she just seemed to have no polarity, no interest, mm. and I didn't understand why. Mm. Now I do. I was being mm. uh, warm. I was being expressive. I thought I was being me, yeah. but I was being the nice version of me, being what I thought she wanted. It, there was an inauthenticity there. Yeah. And, um, you know, a, a pleasing energy, which is not very, uh, doesn't g- generate a whole lot of attraction. So uh, I was, I was just, so to me, that was like the ultimate blow. Cause it's like, wait a minute, I got up the courage. I did it. She said yes. And then she got to know me mm-hmm. and was like disinterested. Mm. And it was just like pain. It was like mm. d- so demoralizing. And it, and it started to go down that like, oh, geez, this is clearly like, nothing's going to change. <laughs> like mm-hmm. this is, this is clearly something wrong with me. And so I remember, um, I'd, uh, someone had somehow I dabbled and I know in those years, it's not like I didn't try anything. I kind of dabbled. I talked to a friend, like how do I be more confident with women? Uh, okay. I'm going to ask women out. And I just, but I just never got any momentum. And somewhere along the way, I downloaded this ebook called double your dating. And I think I got it for free or I'd, pirated it or something. I don't know. But I, I remember like I flipped through it and just was like, ah, I don't know. This sounds weird. I'm not going to just put it away, you know? <laughs> uh-huh. And um, so I got home that night and I was just totally demoralized and it was dark in my apartment and um, I had a roommate, but he wasn't there. And so I just, you know, get some food. I'm going to go sit down on the computer and play Warcraft three because mm-hmm. that's what I do. Turn on the computer and, mm-hmm. you know, I'm in a different world. Mm-hmm. Uh, then I hear him uh, talking from his room. Turns out he was there and I heard his girlfriend. He always had a girlfriend. I never did. And I could hear her laughing mm. and it was something about his voice and her laughing. You know, it was like this, another, you know, like, <laughs> moment. Yeah. but fortunately it was like, I, I eat that threshold. And when I'm sure people listening have had their own threshold moments and, and what it is, it's like, instead of you like collapsing, this something comes through and you're like, enough of this. Like, no, no, no. I, I, and you know, to me, it was almost like I saw, I was 21 years old. I saw a life of that path. I've been living that path for 10 years. I knew it well. I saw that life. And I was like, this is not going to get better when I'm 31 or 41 or 51. Like 
I have to do something. And there was this level of urgency and determination and like, <laughs> I don't know what, yeah. <laughs> but I'm gonna. Yeah. And so I was ready. And so I started looking online. I, I opened up that book and I started reading it and I was like, I don't, I don't need a book. I, and I went and got his course, his $200 course online. I was like, that's what I need. And I just, <laughs> I just attacked it. Uh, I like yeah. read it. I watched it. I went and did stuff. Cause you know, it, it was a, Eben Pagan is the name who created it. And it's, you know, oh, yeah. it, it has some qualities of pickup that I think are problematic for authenticity, but it had some like core just confidence work. Like one of the first exercises is what are the 10 like negative stories you tell yourself mm. about you and dating and your worthiness. Mm. It was the first time I'd ever done that in my life. I just thought until that point, I thought every thought in my head was true about me. And then I realized like, wait a minute. Oh my gosh, these are terrible. This is like, no wonder I, and then, and then the idea, oh, I can change this. That was a light bulb moment. And, and it didn't change overnight, but I began a process and you know it the power and liberation even before i'd gotten a result but just like i can steer i call this being the captain of your ship like i'm the captain i got a taste of that and that was so um moving that it hasn't stopped and that was eight, you know 18 17 18 years ago yeah i think i think that the whole pickup world i i never got into that but i i can understand how it's a it can be an 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 important i don't know if that's the right word but it can be a useful stepping stone for men that are on their journey to authenticity hopefully they don't do too much damage in the, on that while they're on that stepping stone to themselves or others mm-hmm. but i really get how it can be a gateway to confidence to coming home to self to to authenticity to to one's truth to learning how to own uh so i i really get that you know i can really appreciate your story i mean damn dude you're kind of lucky at 21 you started waking up to the fact that you have thoughts that are maybe not you who you are yeah yeah right that's a remarkable sort of that's a threshold moment regardless of if, if anything changes after that but just to have the awareness, I am not my thoughts. These are just thoughts. Holy yeah. shit. And look at them. And, and what I love is uh, this phrase I heard from a teacher of mine, which is when when the why is strong enough, the right who's show up with the how. Mm. And I just see that. It's like you kind of just like, <laughs> have you ever seen like footage of like a flea, how a flea jumps like if you watch what fleas do, like we see them and they look like these little dots. But if you zoom in, it's like this tiny little bug. It's got these legs and it just like launches itself. And it's kind of like backflipping through the air. It's okay, like, I hope yeah. I land on an animal. Ah! You okay, know? Yeah. And I yeah. feel like that's, I just launched, you know, and I didn't know what. And then this online course was the first thing. But um, pretty soon after, uh, there was someone that I worked near who um, I was like, but he became a mentor of mine. He was about 15 years older than I was. Mm. And he introduced me to Eckhart Tolle and Burning Man and, Mm. you know, just all these things. It just, I was ready. And um, I think that's helpful for everyone listening is like sometimes we don't launch because we're like, I don't know how. I don't know what. I don't know what that, oh my gosh, does it mean I have to leave my relationship? What does that mean? It's like we just, we just start with the emotion and the energy of enough of this. Yeah. You know, I, I had a, I had a vision of what I wanted. I was like, I, for me, it started like, I want a girlfriend. I want to. And it was beyond that. It was like, I want to have the confidence to go talk to someone, Mm -hmm. a man or a woman, just anyone. Like, I'm sick and tired of being scared of people. 
but yeah, I think that's uh, that's helpful to know that we we jump and 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 a bridge starts to form. Yeah, it's a it's a great. I love that analogy or, or metaphor. I, I, I never. I'm, I'm I'm not often sure which is which it is. And metaphor analogy, but I think you know something that you said interesting too about like playing video games. I see. I, I love video games, but I also see how video games are a place where we can be powerful in a way that just bas- almost doesn't fucking matter to the real yeah. world. My yeah. my lady doesn't give a shit how well I do on my video games. <laughs> how many, you know, 12-year-old f- avatars I kill in Call of Duty or like how many medals? She doesn't give a shit. It means nothing to her. It means nothing to the world. Maybe you haven't explained it enough. Uh, Honey, come, come here. You, you see how hard, you don't know how hard this was. I've tried. I've sat her down and say, watch, look, look what happened. No. And I think it's a place where we can, though, be powerful you know, we can, I, yeah. I, I like to watch even, uh, there's a whole YouTube community of gamers and man, I mean, these guys have, there are some guys that have like millions of followers just watching them comment on their video games. It's amazing yeah. to me. And yet that says nothing though about how we show up in our lives with our intimate partners, with our children, with, um, with the world. Yeah. And so I think, nothing against video games but i think this again coming back to this work that we're both involved in and and both for ourselves personally but in also serving others is learning how to be powerful in our actual lives and you yeah. let's come back to something you said way at the beginning about being porous I, when you said that what i heard was in a way like i i like to use the words like dance in partnership with what is moment to moment to moment i think a big part part of authenticity is not just this is who i am world suck it yeah. <laughs> yeah, i call that entitled authenticity okay i like yeah. that and it, and it doesn't doesn't have the it, it's it's messy it's a good messy first step like we've been talking about stepping stone and sometimes we need to go through that right but yeah, we don't. I love that. We end up there, we're going to have problems. That's a great <laughs> distinction. Entitled authenticity. This is yeah. who I am. World, suck it. You know, yeah. which could mean I've, I've been kept back for too long. Now it's my time. Yeah. Listen, yeah. I got to tell you something. Yeah. Right. Uh, ooh, I, it, funny. It kind of gives me chills because there's a part of me that's like, yeah, still the still the part of me that feels unseen. That you know, still the wounded part of me that feels trapped mm-hmm. in different ways by culture, society, whatever. It's like, yeah, but boy, when I live in that place, shit, man, I, I may I may get more Facebook fans because it's a that's I think that speaks to a wounding that sure. the world shares. Sure. But my intimate relationship doesn't go well in that place. You know, my partner doesn't feel connected to me when I live in that kind of entitled authenticity. That was actually a big challenge of our of our early relationship because I was very much as a writer, you know, when 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 we met each other, I was full on, man, living my truth. I even wrote a book called Tell the Truth, Let the Peace Fall Where It May. You know, I like to think I brought a lot of nuance to it. It wasn't just entitled authenticity. There was a lot of love and care in that. But still, I had to really learn how to to do this dance of being porous. This is I like that word that you use. Mm-hmm. I'm going to come back to that because to really dance in partnership with my lady who she's not going to stand for my entitled authenticity. That's just going to send her packing. Mm-hmm. And it did. Mm-hmm. So what do you mean by that? Let, let's. What do you mean by being porous? Then in being authentic, what 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 did you mean by that? 
Yeah. It operates actually on the level, a nonverbal level. It's a, I mean, we are, we are energy. This is like known in physics at this point, the best of our, uh, to our scientific knowledge. And so, you know, we tend to still see the world as separate things, even though there is no, um, the, it, I, you don't end with your skin. We're emanating things all the time. And the, and the people have known this for, you know, thousands of years and talked about it and traditions and stuff. But, you know, scientific measurements are just able to start to scratch that. And, uh, you know, we tend to think of things as like they don't exist and then they're self-evident. People didn't know about cells, right? individual cells right. and organisms for much of uh, history. And then all of a sudden they discover them. And now we talk to anybody like, oh, yeah, of course, we got cells in our body. Duh. <laughs> right, it's like, well, right. why do you, you know, the same thing with, uh, with energy. It's like they can now measure the field of the human heart outside of the body. They can measure thoughts outside of the head, mm. like the squid device, the super quantum interference device, all these. So it's like, yeah, our, our measurements are just measuring it. But we already know it's there. We're, we're emitting. And this is where it gets really interesting in partnership is sometimes like, if someone is being self-critical, the partner may start to feel more critical. It's really fascinating what's going mm -hmm. on. And so the thoughts are a field. Yeah. You know, it's, it's not just in, in our brains. So yeah. that's an important thing to know because stuff's being exchanged all the time without you knowing it. And we can have guards and armor up that are non-porous that inhibit that without even knowing it. And one of the ways that we that we do this is, I was just talking with a, a client, one of my groups recently, you know, he, he's opened up sun and he's grown some, but he has, he's like, you know, he's still guarded, he's still armored. And I said, well, I wonder what might come out if you were, if you were to take the guard down with us, you know, and then eventually out in your life, but here. And he started to reflect, this is one-on-one -on -one with me, he's gonna talk about it in the group, but some of the things that he might explore. And there are things that he feels shame around or is tender or vulnerable around. And I know that when he takes the leap to, to share that with us, that he'll become more porous. Mm -hmm. Because on some level, we are blocking others from us because we don't want to be known. Mm -hmm. At the fundamental level, like intimacy is to know someone and to be known. Mm -hmm. And we have all this, it's like, I don't want them to know this about me. And this doesn't mean you have to share everything with everybody. Right. That's verbal. That's like, but this is, but once you are willing, mm. once you are willing and you've backed it up with action to share fully with people at times, you know, some things with your intimate partner, something in the men's group, something with a friend, something in your own journal to yourself, even, mm. you know, like you just, but you're like, I'm not going to hide from myself. Mm. I'm not going to hide who I am from others. When you're mm. able to do that and you practice that, and lean into the discomfort of that, the fear of that at first, I believe you start to become softer and more porous in a way. Mm. So even if you're not saying anything, mm. there's like a willingness in you. And the willingness isn't just like, I'm going to share and say and speak. That's the level of verbal. It's yeah. like a willingness to be in life, mm. to be fully porous with life and unguarded to a degree what I, you know, we only need to put our guard up when we are in a dangerous situation where we need armor. Right. And most of the time you can assess, is this a time for survival and armor? Yeah. Am I in a war zone? Is someone going to attack me? Like, no. Okay. Let me be porous. And then literally not just other people, but like the energy of life starts to move through you. And probably on a physiological level, there's less tension in your nervous system, less constriction in your cells and your spine. Everything in you is more porous. 
That's beautiful. I really like that. That feels really good as a as a frame of, you know, even as you're just sh- speaking to that, and I'm, I'm thinking even of, again, my relationship with my partner, Sylvie, and, you know, all she's ever really wanting is to connect with me, to feel connected to me, I should say. Mm. And... You know, I'm, I I went through the military. I was 10 years in the military. I was raised a boy mm. in this culture. Life, you know, I was not taught to be connecting. I was taught to be armored up and to be non-porous and to be, you know, d- just disconnected in my own little world. And yeah, no wonder my relationships were shit for 20, 25 years for the most part. I hope that, you know, our listeners are, 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 you know, really taking this in. And I would even say, go back and listen to the lot, even just the last five, 10 minutes, uh, because that idea of being porous, you know, I'm thinking, again, I'm going to go up after our conversation, Aziz and my partners there. And when you say porous, what happens to me as you're describing this, I'm, I'm naturally feeling my body relax. You know, mm-hmm. um, my, my breath is deepening. I can feel the listening open up in me to what's happening with my partner. I can feel the willingness. I love that word, willingness. I think, I think there's, a, there's a lot, of, in today's world, there's a lot of forced vulnerability going on. I see this mm-hmm. in men's groups especially. Mm-hmm. Uh, but on social media, it's like, that's how you get followers. Be more vulnerable, share your story. And it's like vulnerability has almost become a marketing tool. Mm-hmm. But the word willingness to me implies like when, when the moment, when it serves in the moment, when it serves mm-hmm. to offer up what is real, what is here for me like that, when I'm in that space with my partner and with a friend, with a parent, whoever, Aziz, man. It's magic. Yeah, it's real. Because it's real. And, and what happens is you have that moment, and it doesn't have to be this deep, like, I love you. It's just, it could be just a shared moment, an ordinary moment. But in that moment, if you're more porous, it feels so good because on some level, the separateness that we perceive melts away. Yeah. And, we, and on some level, it, this is all one energetic soup that we're in. It's all one thing. Yeah. And, and, and we, it's, you know, the metaphor of like sort of the drop of water in the ocean, right? Like we're all in it. And on, maybe we can intellectually get that, you know, from a spiritual book. Like, oh, yeah. And then it's a different thing to feel it. And it doesn't have to be this, oh, you know, huge experience. Of it course. could just be like, wow. Yeah. Wow, I just feel yeah. good in my yeah. heart. Yeah. And I, and I, and I love you. And it doesn't even feel like I just love you. It's like I just kind of love. I, just I love. feel love yeah. Yeah. right now. It's a beautiful experience. And I would just remind everyone that like more is communicated. It's not, uh, you, know, you think of what someone is saying. It's words. I'm hearing the sounds. I'm, you know, it's a sharing of information. Yes, but more is transmitted underneath and around the words. It's the words are just a small part of it. And so, and we feel... We feel realness. We feel raw and real. We, we, we feel it yeah. and, and then we receive that. And so someone could be saying something that sounds vulnerable. Right. It's, it's a revealing story about themselves. Right. But the rest of the transmission might not be there. Right. And I think that often happens with, um, you know, if there's some other motive or yeah. if the person is still armored up inside in a way, they found a way to do that. You know, maybe it's a story they've shared 600 times and they just kind of say the story. And so that's just important to know. And, and it doesn't have to be 
realness and vulnerability doesn't have to be your deepest, darkest secrets. It's more about, again, a way yeah. of like, I'm willing to be seen by you right now. Yeah. And I think that's uh, helpful for people to, to know the distinction there. Yeah. I think it can be as simple as like in a moment with my partner, just saying, you know, I don't, I don't know how to answer your question right now. Yeah. I'm just, I'm, I'm a little scared. I'm a little lost. I'm a little confused. I'm not really sure. It's the simplest thing, right? It's like, it, you know, both my wife and I will catch ourselves with this. And I still do after all these years, like, how you doing? You know, she's how you, how are you? And I'm like, I'm good. You know, it's like, I don't know. I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna find out. Let's keep going. Right. Yeah. <laughs> Versus like, how am I? Hmm. Yeah. You know, well, I don't want to say, you know, little subtle cultural conditioning, like be on, be got it all together. You know, don't even, don't even check to see if there's anything other than that. So before I get to the five key takeaways, I do want to ask you this question. What do you think is the biggest challenge facing men today? And what wisdom could you offer in the face of it? Um, let's see the biggest challenge facing men um, and, and what to do about it. I think that what you said about the adolescence and the lack of a rite of passage, I think is massive. I mm -hmm. think the rite of passage is like hardwired into our animal social pack self mm -hmm. and uh you know like drumming like singing like dancing i think these things are like hardwired into us as the human animal you know and so when we're when we're starved of those things i think it has an effect just like uh people i think in general are starved or, or undernourished in touch and physical touch even just non-sexual touch mm -hmm. um even people in relationships might because they only touch when they're gonna you know it's sexual right so right. But even just, you know, familial touch and fraternal and, you know, sisterhood and just like more and people are very um, in certain cultures don't have this as much as certain Western cultures. Right. Um, and people just are starved for stuff. And we don't, you know, if you're hungry for food, you're like, I'm hungry. I need food. But if you grew up without even knowing that that's a thing, you don't even know what you hunger for. Yeah. And so people just feel an ache and an emptiness. And, you know, so there's, there's a lot of those. But one is that rite of passage. And uh, what that is, is that's being held in a community, being challenged and learning from elders. Yeah. Yeah. And I feel like that is for me, I love that you run men's group. For me, I did not have that rite of passage until I was in a men's group. And it wasn't like a, you know, <laughs> uh, you go to the, the cliff's edge and, and you have to jump <laughs> off with a blindfold or right. something dramatic. Yeah, I mean, yeah. you could have a thing like that too, but just it was just us sitting in a room, you know, talking, <laughs> but it's like, it's a, it's an understanding of life. It's uh, so I think so many men are trying to lone wolf it. They might have some friends, but they're not very real, you know? So, I mean, I believe like to really become who we're meant to be, we need to immerse ourselves in community in environments with people that provide, you know, our authentic accountability, and, and, and mentorship, leadership from either a specific person or elders. An elder doesn't have to be way older, just a little bit further along with you. And it changes everything. And so that's something that I, um, and I see it. I see people that don't do that kind of thing and they can still have lives. They have, you know, sure. jobs and families, whatever. But like a true level of thriving is unlocked yeah. Yeah. when someone does that. So I would encourage all men to find it. You can find it at any age. There are people in my men's group that were in their fifties or sixties, you know, so it doesn't, it's not an age thing. It's a, it, and so find it, you know, and I know you're providing that right now for some people. And so like, whatever it is, like, and I run a mastermind and I, I provide, believe it provides that for people too. And there's, there's a million of them out there. So whichever one resonates with you move towards it because it will transform you in, in really beautiful ways. 
Beautiful, man. Great. Thank you. Okay, Aziz, we are going to dive into the lightning round. I mean, it doesn't have to be lightning round. You got do, you have, do you have a cowbell we're going to ring and sound effects? More cowbell. I'll add it in. Bang, bang, bang. <laughs> Five key takeaways. Now, I've really enjoyed our conversation. We've, we've, uh, we've meandered into some beautiful topics, so many rabbit holes. We could have gone down a couple. We, you know. The reason I do these last five questions is just to get to give our listeners something that they can kind of put a hook on, you know, and really walk away with. I mean, there's so much in this in this conversation, but so let's do it. Five key takeaways. Number one, key insight. What's the one key insight that you'd offer listeners that you believe can make a meaningful impact on their lives because it has in yours? Yeah, I would say for that is to become aware of a voice in your head. (laughs) <laughs> that's that I that I've called the safety police, uh, um, and there's different names for it. You know, yeah. there's different ways. This is just one way of thinking about it. But it's um, that we have a part of us, uh, or you can be in a certain way of being in the world. Might be a way to think about it, where your primary goal above all else is to keep things safe mm-hmm. by keeping them static and the same and having nothing change. And don't underestimate the all-consuming power that that part might have in your life because it, it, it doesn't display itself so obviously. Mm-hmm. Sometimes it's a little more subtle and sometimes people even say like, I do want it to change. I'm working on it. I, I want this thing to be different. And, and we say those things. So, but if you look at the, the thought patterns, the stories you say about yourself, a great question to ask is where is this leading me? Mm. And if it's leading you to the status quo to keep everything static and the same, then you could probably guess that it's your safety police. Mm. So, like, where where's this thought leading me? Where's this? Yeah. Is- so, if it says you you uh, you can't be in a relationship, you're not you're not desirable, you're ugly, you you look you're incapable, you're emotionally messed up, whatever the stories are, right? And that's just one facet of what we can't have in our lives. If you say, okay, at first we just believe it. We're like, yeah, it's true. Or we fight it. No, it's not true. But just like take a step back and say, hold on a second. If I were to follow that, like where is that leading me? Well, if I'm ugly, if I'm not worthy, if I can't have a relationship, what's it leading? What's leading me not to try? It's leading me to keep myself out of the game. It's leading me to armor up. It's leading me to play more video games or do whatever, you know, and just keep it, keep it tight. So, um, and don't underestimate how prevalent that might be. It can be alarming at first yeah. to really start to discover this. Yeah. But the beauty is when you really get that, you can start to see that it helps you interpret it differently. Because once you start to label it, you can just say, wait a minute, that's safety police. And the pr- safety police is not truth. It is a propaganda campaign. It's, it's trying to achieve one outcome, which is keep you safe. So once you know that, you stop like, assessing each individual story and thought is it true or not true and now i got to fight it now i got to go back and identify the original core belief and work on it for another six months you know you just start to say wait a minute if that's designed to just keep me safe what's on the other side of that what is it trying to stop me from doing and if you ask that question and then you start to systematically do the things that it's trying to stop you from this example of you're ugly it's like well then i it's trying to get me to not put myself out there on some dating app well put yourself out there on a dating app and if you do that over time, it it loses kind of share of your, uh, it, it loses control over the wheel yeah, of your life, right, right. And you start to get in the driver's seat, yeah. and it's in the back seat. And I don't think it ever leaves. Yeah. But you're like, okay, thank you. You know, I know you're scared, and I got you. I'll drive. But it's a whole different life. 
Yeah, I think of the movie uh, A Beautiful Mind with Russell Crowe. Uh, mm. When he had, there were a lot of voices that at the beginning he couldn't distinguish. You know, they were played by actors, and they he couldn't distinguish between those voices and re, and actual people in the world. Mm-hmm. By the end, when he's figured out how to distinguish between what are just the voices and what's r- the real people in the world, the they didn't go away. The, you see the actors in a huddle that were playing his voices. They're like t- mm. you know ten feet behind him, just standing there. Staring mm-hmm. at him, <laughs> mm-hmm. yeah, you know, yeah, waiting to inject their opinions at any moment. Their propaganda, I like that. Yeah. Um, but he knows, yeah, yeah, yeah. Y'all just hang out back there. I'm gonna, I'm gonna live my life. Yes, yeah. yes, I love that. Yeah. That's, a, that's a great visual of that. Yeah, excellent. Number two, key insight number two, key mentor. Name another man that you've been inspired by, living or dead, that you'd recommend our listeners to learn more about. Yeah. I'd say one uh, mentor that I've been learning from a lot recently that I really like, his name is Donnie Epstein. He is a, he's done a lot of things. Um, his history is in chiropractic and he actually f- created a whole school uh, or method of chiropractic work that's basically working with like the underlying energy system of the body. So it's not like snapping and cracking. Mm-hmm. It is like, uh, and it is, but it's so beyond that what he teaches, mm-hmm. but it, this, um, understanding the energy b- kind of beneath the, the behaviors and the psychology and all that stuff has been fascinating for me. And, uh, and I've been, used to be a very heady person. I still am very intellectual and everything and learning from him. I'm like, Oh, there's a lot mm-hmm. more happening below the level of mind and body, you know, and above the level of mind in like super consciousness or spirit. And, and I've been living in this band and, uh, for safety and control. And, and so in, in, through my work with him, it's been expanding both ways and the results, um, especially in the realm of authenticity and everything. Cause I think we're so much more than our minds mm-hmm. and our, um, so that's, uh, someone I, Don- I highly recommend. Donnie Epstein. Great. And just in case, uh, for our listeners, if you're running, you're at the gym, you're driving, whatever, all of this will be in the show notes at brianreeves.com slash men this way podcast. All of these links, um, including a link to uh, Dr. Aziz's work and his books will be at uh, brianreeves.com slash men this way podcast. Great. Number three, a uh, key resource, your most impactful, inspiring book, movie, or podcast of the last year. So I thought about this one and there's it's I'm going to pick two movies. Uh, they're both very similar, but I went on a jag of watching a bunch of movies about rock climbing over the last year because I got into rock climbing. Okay. The both of them made me cry. Both were fascinating. Uh, one is called Meru. Okay. Yeah, I've, uh, I've seen it. I, I think I may have seen that, but go ahead. It's these three guys that are climbing like these unclimbable pieces in the Himalayas. It's one of the hardest mountains. Like no one's ever climbed it before them. People have tried. It's just like it's crazy climbing. It's different kinds of climbing. They need to like drill into ice and, and they're hauling up like hundreds of pounds of gear and they're staying on the side of this mountain for like 18 days in like the snow. And then, and then, and then you're climbing regular style with like, you know, it's just, it's amazing. And and the story is um, it's way beyond just, we're going to climb this crazy wall. It's like, mm. it's the story of what happens because they, I don't want to spoil too much, but they, they don't make it at first. Mm if they have to decide if they want to go back mm-hmm. and one of them had a health crisis that the doctor said, if you go up to that height again, you will have a stroke and you will die. Oh, wow. You know? And so it's like, mm-hmm. it's, that's the context of the story. Wow. And it's okay. just, you know, it's amazing. And the other one is called the Dawn wall. That one's available on Netflix, I think. Um, and that's, uh, 
man, Tommy Caldwell and Kevin Jorgensen, these two guys who climbed the hardest route up uh, El Capitan. And again, it's, it's about, it's about the human, it's about, it's not just the climbing, it's the, their relationship. And there's a turning point. It looks like one of them can make it. One of them can't. And the dynamic of what, Oh, mm. what what creates the ability for them to do it mm-hmm. is you know again made me cry wow. it's amazing okay. so it's just humans at the peak of their capabilities plus the locations are just like Stunning. amazing yeah yeah i love that uh great takeaway number four key investment in the last year what's the best thing that you spent money on and i say under ten thousand dollars let's let's do we'll do you know pandemic numbers under a thousand dollars or under ten thousand dollars, if that's sure. I mean, it would be different. I I, I did go to a a, a, um, a workshop with Donnie Epstein. That was a three day experience, uh, about three thousand dollars. That was probably the best investment I've made in the last period of time. If it was under a thousand, see for me, it's all it's all growth, man. I invest the best investments. I think are in things that help me grow. So the other thing. Uh, was actually investing in a small group that I'm a part of where it's a, a guy who's I've been studying investing a lot for the last year mm. and now I'm expanding and learning in real estate investing but also in um, cryptocurrency uh. and it's an investment to be a part of a group where I learn about uh, cryptocurrency investment and trading okay. and that sort of stuff so all to me it's always like yeah. that's the that's that's what I spend the most money on yeah and uh, the best money on yeah is growth or growthful experiences for me and my family. And even sometimes we'll pay for other people to go to stuff. Mm-hmm. It's just like, yeah. I mean, man, what, what you, you don't get a better ROI <laughs> in terms of money or, or life quality or relationship enhancements. Or to me, I'm just like, wow, I, I cannot see what's going to benefit me more than this. Beautiful. Key practice. Last one. Offer one consistent practice, spiritual, creative, personal, or relational that has served you well and that you challenge our listeners to take on for just the next seven days. Oh my gosh. This one, I'm going to keep it really simple. It is doable. You can do it for as short as five seconds a day. I recommend at least 30 seconds a day, but that's very short. I almost want to give two. They're both 30 seconds. Can I give two? (laughs) You can give two. Yeah. Okay. One is actually, I have a book coming out later this year. It's all about this, but it's, um, it only takes you about 20, 30 seconds a day. Write down one win per day for seven days, ideally for longer than that. But and it only takes you five, you know, you have a journal in your phone or whatever, you just open it up and what is a win? A win is any action you took, even if you didn't get the result that you want because you did it. Mm-hmm. Uh, something that went well, hey, I, I spoke up there or I was I was more attentive when I got upstairs, you know, anything. And that's it, you just write it down, it takes 10, five, five, 10 seconds, but you start to accumulate it. And it the book's about that, it starts to change your, your, your whole brain. Yeah. So that's one really simple one, the other one, I got from uh, Wim Hof, who I love. Breathwork's super powerful, but the simplest condensed version of that is just uh, end your showers on cold or just just full up take a cold shower by itself, but at least end them on cold yeah. and do that year round. I've been doing that for a couple years. It's not just the physiological benefits, although you'll feel more energized yeah. afterwards. To me, it is the it sort of embodies so much of what we're talking about here. Because everything that we've talked about, being more real, being more authentic, being expressive, um, not listening to the safety police, it all leads to you stepping into out of the status quo, which might mean discomfort. And so I think of the cold shower as a daily reminder of like, I go into the discomfort Mm -hmm. on purpose Mm -hmm. for the service of something greater. 
And so I'll turn it on cold and I just want to eat in and out. I'm like, no, I get in the cold. I let it hit me. I make sure I get my back. I get under the armpits, you know, mm. or sometimes just full, full shower on cold. So that's what I, I highly recommend. The back of the yeah, neck. That's the worst part there. for me. Back yeah. of the neck and like the kidneys, right? All around the back of the, the lower back. You know, I love that practice too, because for me, one of the things that it helps me do is I, I, it helps me connect with my un, the unnamed unknown ancestors that I, the lineage of men that, that were, you know, out hunting, I mean, hundreds, thousands of years ago, it is the men that didn't have access to a hot fucking shower <laughs> that were bathing in creeks and rivers and, and, you know, there's something about that 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 it, it brings me to that primal, eternal nature of being man. Just a little yeah. flick of the the cold handle in my shower. Yeah, I love that. I love that. Thank so, you for sharing that. Great practice. Okay, finally, where can our listeners learn more about you and what you're up to? Yeah, great question. Uh, the easiest sort of hub would be draziz.com. That's D-R-A-Z-I-Z.com. You can find out about my YouTube channel there. I have a podcast as well. It's been going for six years. So those will both be available there um, as well as books that I have. If someone wants to go further with courses or coaching, that's all available there as well. So tons of free stuff. And then if you want to go further, there's opportunities as well as an ebook too, you can get for free too. Aziz, man, I've really enjoyed our conversation. I wasn't quite sure what to expect because we're new to each other, but man, I've really enjoyed this. This has been really rich and I know there's so many there's, we could keep going for hours, but I want to yeah. thank you for coming on. This has really been uh, been meaningful for me and hopefully for our listeners too. Yeah, me as well. I really enjoy it. I love your style. It's so it's different than a lot of interviews and it's real and it's um, thought-provoking and connecting. And so I really appreciate you and appreciate this as well. Thanks, man. Thank you. Thank you so much for listening. And thank you again to Dr. Aziz Gazipura. Find Dr. Aziz at www.draziz.com. Pretty simple. Of course, this link and any resources and Dr. Aziz's five key takeaways will be in the show notes at brianreeves.com slash podcast. And if you were served by this and think others should hear it too, please share this episode or just write a review so you too can lead more men this way. And don't forget to subscribe yourself while you're at it. I'm your thriving life and relationship coach, Brian Reeves, Brian with a Y Reeves. Until soon, keep your head up, your breath relaxed, and your thoughts inspired. <laughs>